Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Never forced, never coerced. Welcome to the pilot episode of Voluntary Input, a podcast about pretty much everything from technology to movies to TV to faith, just pretty much everything. So let's just see where this ride takes us. My name is Leo Allen. I can also be found on the interwebs at leojallenjr.com, a site dedicated to pretty much the same thing, a little bit of everything. Like I said, this is the pilot episode. My name is Leo Allen, and I hope you enjoy. For this inaugural episode, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about a piece I wrote uh, first part of February called Owning Your Online Self. Uh, I thought I would touch on this today because I've got a few questions about it. Um, Because some people read it and kind of got the impression that I was, you know, I guess basically fed up with social media and the like, which really isn't entirely true. Rather, what I was really trying to illustrate was that I personally have come to the the decision that I would like to have perhaps, you know, better control of my online or digital self. Because I do believe that in this day and age, everyone has to recognize the fact that we all have an online self. We all have a digital self. Um, You know, social media is one part of it. You know, there's also the online shopping selves that we have. I mean, I I love Amazon personally. I I order quite a bit of stuff from Amazon, especially around Christmas time. Um, You know, we have Facebook selves. We have Twitter selves. We have Instagram selves and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is when you really stop to think about it, who, who owns that? Who does that, all of the bulk of that information actually belong to? Who has control of it? Now, I just wanted to, to clarify how I got to this point in my thinking. And it's, it's been a process that's been about, I'd say about six months of, you know, listening to some of my favorite podcasts and watching webcasts of some of my favorite, you know, tech folks. And, you know, just... Um, honestly following the lead of some of them um just based on some things that have been going on behind the scenes particularly with the likes of facebook um and you know just the whole idea behind when you're uploading and when i'm uploading and sharing things where does that stuff actually go who does that actually belong to in the scheme of things Now, truth be told, we could all just say, you know what, it's literally just social stuff and I put it out there for a reason. I want people to see it and where it goes from there, I kind of don't even care. It's kind of like a conversation. Once I have the conversation, you know, it's typically over and whoever owns that conversation in their brain, then whatever, I guess. I mean, someone tried to break that down to me in that manner. But um, 
the bottom line for me and a lot of others is it, it may be a bit more to it than that um, because when I'm uploading and sharing pictures and thoughts you know that's basically my property from my pictures and videos to you know my thoughts that's those are my intellectual property and it's important to remember that especially on social media when you're sharing stuff on those free platforms you have basically given up ownership of those things to that platform so case in point if you look at the likes of let's just say facebook since they're the biggest when you sign up for those facebook accounts and you know they're free you're not paying for anything part of your agreement is you are giving them your stuff that's the simplest and easiest way to put it now you can of course extract all of your content and everything it is still technically yours but facebook also has a right to that the that property as well and again this isn't i'm not trying to scare anyone or tell anyone you know you need to cancel all of your social media accounts i mean there's enough of that out there going around and people do have valid reasons to say you know what i'm getting off of these platforms because of x y and z you know it, it could be that simple but for me it really wasn't that it's really just making a conscious decision to say you know i get where this stuff is going i know who's doing what to the best of my ability but what i would really like personally is to have better control or as much control of my online persona as i can so with that being said i'll i'll start with some of the some of the most popular well-known players in this game and how I came to the decision of what I've done with my profiles in those players. So we'll start with um, we'll start with something like Snapchat. So I signed up for Snapchat pretty much towards the beginning of when Snapchat launched, mainly because a friend came to me and said, "Hey, check this out. Look at this uh, communication tool." Uh, and it was kind of cool, you know, you, you, you send a snap and then it disappears and it doesn't exist anymore. However, we all figured out pretty early on that um, you could take screenshots. Now, this was back when I guess it was a little trickier on an iPhone to take screenshots. Anyone can clarify that for me. I, I honestly don't know because at the time I didn't own an iPhone. I've been an Android owner for many, many years now. But on an Android phone, it was pretty cut and dry how to take a screenshot of something. So the potential was already there for there to be problems. So as Snapchat was saying, hey, you know, disappearing messages, you know, my friends and I were saying, well, not necessarily true. All someone has to do is this. And then it will come back to haunt them. And sure enough, I think we all know the rest of the story that did come to light uh, with, unfortunately, young people sending things they shouldn't send through Snapchat. And then screenshots were taken and then the bullying began. So for me, I, I got rid of Snapchat. It was a pretty simple decision, mainly because the evolution of Snapchat with all the, the filters and the animal faces and whatnot, I, that, that sort of thing just wasn't for me. Yeah, it was cute and fun and all, but I honestly, to, to put it simply, I was just, I'm just too old for that kind of stuff. It just, just doesn't appeal to me. And I really wasn't communicating with anyone via Snapchat. I mean, I had some family and friends on it, 
And to be honest, I never communicated with them through it, and they never really communicated to me through it, so I just canceled and got rid of it. So that one was an easy choice. The next one is Twitter. Uh, just like with Snapchat, I had Twitter. I had a Twitter account since the launch of Twitter. Uh, I when it first started, again, great little communication tool. Kept it for a while. There was a time when I did disable my account, only because of lack of engagement. Again, everyone I knew wasn't on Twitter, and so it was like, well, who am I actually talking to on here, or who am I following? And that was at a time when there were some people in there, but no one who was really of any interest to me. So it was boring, so I got rid of it. And then I decided to give Twitter a second chance and got back on. And then Twitter became what it is today. And I agree with what many have been calling it affectionately a dumpster fire. And for obvious reasons. I mean, there's so much just so much negativity and ill will on Twitter. It's, it's almost just, it's beyond, almost beyond belief, the amount of just horrific things that just come up in the stream on Twitter. So much so I've heard of women who, you know, especially those who are in the public eye, who have gotten off of Twitter just because of the sheer amount of threats and uh, sexual bigotry that they, that was pointed at them. And it's, it's just, it's shameful actually. And then some people would say to me, well, you know, it just depends on who you're following on Twitter. You're just not following the right people. So I tried to streamline that. I would only follow people who, you know, who had the like-minded interests of me. And some of my, like I said, there's a lot of tech journalists I like, I would try to follow them. But the fact is, in my opinion, that didn't really remedy anything. Anytime I would launch Twitter, the stream would still be littered with all of this other stuff that I I just couldn't get rid of and got to the point that after a while, Twitter just became a celebrity gossip column. And I'm not into celebrity gossip as it is anyway. And then add to that all the, uh, all the just political and ooh, I just all the awfulness. I, so eventually I made the decision, okay, that's enough of Twitter. <laughs> so, so yes, I recently completely disabled my Twitter account and I make no plans of going back there as well. Well, then there was what was actually my favorite amongst them all, Google Plus. And we all know that Google Plus has now reached end of life, mainly because of um, some privacy concerns that Google revealed. And the fact that the um, number of users just wasn't what Google was expecting, which that number of users issue was one of the most appealing things to me about Google Plus because the users on Google Plus, it slowly got to the point where it was mainly nerds like me and then other people with very specialized interests like photographers and artists. So you had these tight little online communities and that was it. And that's and the interface was always nice and clean. Uh, there were no ads, but at the end of the day, it's going away. So that one I had to give up, not by my own choice, but by Google's choice. And we all have no choice in that matter. So Google Plus is over on its own.
All right. So what I'm going to do here is take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about the last two big major players, Instagram and Facebook, and how my decision to own my own my online self has impacted how I'm using Instagram and Facebook and my future with them or without them. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come right back, I'm going to talk about those, those two and then wrap it up with um, how I'm going to proceed forward from here on out. So we'll be right back, guys. There are currently about 150 million orphans worldwide. The current recorded number of orphans living in foster care in the U.S. is about 400,000, with one-third of them being eligible for adoption. More than 20,000 of these children will age out of foster care, leaving them without any support and at a higher risk for health issues, homelessness, and lack of education. In my home state of Ohio, there are over 12,000 children in foster care, with over 1,000 of them aging out annually. Please be sure to subscribe to Voluntary Input for the upcoming series, For the Least. Hear how ordinary people like you have made the choice to step out in faith to help these children in need. Learn about current challenges that are faced, as well as the tools and resources to overcome them, and how you can help. Learn how you can do your part to advocate for the least. As far as Facebook and Instagram are concerned, I think it's important that everyone remembers that um, Instagram basically is Facebook. Uh, Facebook purchased Instagram uh, back in 2012 for one a whopping $1 billion, and it was like $3 million in cash and then some Facebook stock. Um, and this was, it was a pretty quick turnaround for the guys in Instagram because it was literally 18 months after Instagram launched, which was pretty awesome. Uh, I remember back when, um, when all that first happened, when Instagram first came around, I mean, they got lots of accolades. They were like one of the, the greatest startups of all time at the time. And, uh, I, I loved Instagram. Um, I remember there was a point where I basically decided I'm no longer going to post on Facebook. I'm just going to do everything through Instagram. And I kind of developed that habit. I mean, the interface, the interface was clean. The concept was simple. I mean, you, you post pictures. The, the primary focus on Instagram was pictures. It wasn't necessarily, you know, posting any thoughts or sayings or anything like that. It was, it was just, a a, a sharing platform for your pictures and people could comment and, and whatnot and like them and, and then on and there you go. But again, then, uh, in 2012, they, they sold it to, to Facebook. Now there was a little bit of ensuing backlash after a while between the original founders and they did end up leaving, um, there, there's a, a few conflicting stories. Um, one of the founders said, no, 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 it's just that uh, I'm just ready to move on. But then there were some reports of 
just the fact that they did not like the direction that Zuckerberg was taking Instagram. Now, again, I don't really want to get into all that because, again, my focus here is um, just owning owning my online self, not necessarily getting into the the ugly side of it all. Um, now, I know you guys could say, man, you keep teasing this stuff and then you, you back away from it. And that's true um, because, yeah, there are some some really compelling reasons why anyone could say, you know, um, this whole social media thing has gotten out of control and what's what's going on right now is a reason why I I'm thinking about deleting my profiles and again that is part of why I've decided to do what I've done however that's not the primary driving force for me the primary driving force is just make trying my best to you know, have as much control as I can on my of my own online persona, my online uh, pictures, videos, and intellectual properties. Like I said, so for me, I and to this day, I still do really enjoy Instagram. Um, a lot of it is just like Facebook. The ads are pretty much the same. I mean, there's even now a uh, there's a profile selection where you can just launch Facebook from within Instagram and that's fine and all. But the fact is I, I'm not as engaged as I used to be on Instagram. Um, there it's getting to the point where it is getting extra cluttered. There's a lot of the feed just like Twitter is starting to get a little more burden, even though for me anyway, Instagram really doesn't have as much clutter in the feed from people that I don't know. Primarily everything I see is coming from people that I actually know, but then you have those advertisers and suggestions that pop up from time to time. So it's not as bad and you know, it's not as annoying. Um, so that brings us to the big dog, Facebook. Now, to be clear, like I said, I don't necessarily hate Facebook. I've, there's, there have been points in time when I've declared, man, this is just a travesty and I want to get away from it. And I would back off. And even to this day, you know, right now I've kind of backed off a lot of Facebook but it does have some great value. Um, the The fact of the matter is, the reason why Facebook was was so successful and continues to be so successful is um, the the ease of connecting with other people. Especially if you're like me, um, who decided, you know, I just want to connect with people that I haven't seen in a long time, or people that I have. Tr- trouble staying connected with you know geographically at least we have a free and easy way to communicate directly and we can keep up with each other you know in that from that perspective the value proposition is 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 pretty simple and easy you know it's great for that but then I you know I don't think I need to go into much detail with everyone about the dark side of Facebook I mean there is the fact that uh you know that the tons of advertising that's constantly targeted at you uh 
and then you know we have the the uh, potential election meddling stuff but then even deeper than that there there are the disturbing reports about how Facebook aggregates information from people so for example over the past week um, there it was discovered that an app called flow which is an application used by women who are attempting to get pregnant they can uh, track their ovulation cycles and whatnot what was discovered that even if you're not a Facebook user and even if you don't even log into Facebook Facebook had um, code embedded in this app which sends information to Facebook and why this is disturbing is because you know ovulation tracking is a very personal thing and usually if a woman reaches that point it's probably because there may be some infertility issues and so she's trying to do her best to try to find out how to get pregnant so what how this is damaging and potentially damaging is can you imagine if a woman is trying to get pregnant only to find out that they just can't and then she does eventually logs into Facebook and starts seeing ads pop up for, you know, diapers and baby wipes and uh, bassinets and things like that. I mean, the emotional shock there is just it's it's it, you know, I heard someone say it's just disgusting on Facebook's part. Now, I understand it. I understand um, Facebook makes all of their money off of advertising. So, you know, in a capitalist society, when you're trying to succeed, you do what you can to continue to succeed in your business model. The problem is Facebook continues to cross these moral boundaries and they get caught and then they apologize and then they fix after the fact. And they've even been caught, um, quote unquote, fixing things only to turn around to make the exact same thing, but just rename it. Um, but again, even with that all said, that's not necessarily why I've decided to, to go on this journey of owning my online self. Like I said, I just want to have a little bit more control over what happens with things I post, things I say. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a lofty goal, but I believe it is a, um, it's, it's a good conscious first step that many people should consider taking. So this brings me to what have I done? So first and foremost, I registered a domain in my name. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, my website is leojallenjr.com. I encompass my whole legal name just for this purpose of, I just want to say, hey, this is me online regardless of what you see in social media regardless of what you see in um, I do lots of shopping reviews I'm very active in Google Maps because I get rewards for that but the me that is me is at <clears throat> leojallenjr.com I own that I own that domain I own that website so if you know, I don't have to worry about when I post a picture of me and my youngest son going to, to donuts with dad at our church. 
I don't have to worry about logging, you know, going back to my website and suddenly seeing a bunch of ads for Dunkin' Donuts or a visitor to my website. They don't have to worry about being bombarded with ads of uh, things related. So there is that point of it. And then also, again, like I said, it's just the, the, uh, the idea of owning my own intellectual property as well. Now, I have extracted and exported all of my information from Facebook and every other social media website that I can, because not all of them offer the tools to do so. Facebook does make it pretty easy. Uh, you guys can look into that on your own. Just go into settings and you'll see where you can export all of your data, everything you've ever posted and whatnot. And I would encourage you to do so and just keep it. And that's what I've done. I keep an archive of that stuff. And going forward, what I've decided I'm going to do is most things I primarily put on my own website. I've gotten into the habit of whenever something new happens or whenever I have something I like to say, whether it's something extensive or important or just a quick joke or whatever, anything I would have normally posted on social uh, social media sites like Instagram or Facebook, I now just put them on my website. Because in that way, even if no one ever looks at it, if no one ever comments or likes or whatever, at this point, for me, that's really not that important. Having likes and followers and friends, just kind of, it just really isn't that important. What's most important to me is I can put those thoughts out there in the social realm and I own those thoughts. So, like I said, it's been about six months that has taken me to come to this point that I believe that value proposition of owning my own content, whether it gets extra attention or not, is more important to me than, hey, I posted and said this and I've given it to Facebook so a bunch of people can like it. To me, it's what what's most important, owning my own self or having people pay attention to me. That's really what the bottom line is. So that all being said, like I said, I am not trying to tell anyone, hey, you really should just get off of social media because of all of the ugly stuff going on. Because yes, we can all agree there is a lot of ugly. There's a lot of ugly out there on social media, especially Facebook. But you know, I think it's one of those things. It's a symptom of when things get so big, the problems get bigger after it. So when Facebook first started out, when it was small, I remember leaving MySpace because it had gotten so cluttered and disgusting. And actually, my cousin from Canada said to me, hey, have you seen Facebook? And that started it all for me. And at the beginning, Facebook was relatively small and there weren't all these problems. But now here we are. Now we have to consider, is it all worth it? Is Facebook worth it? Is Instagram worth it? Is Twitter worth it? Is Snapchat worth it? Are all of these things worth it? Are they all worth giving ourselves to these companies and saying, here, here's me. You can do what you want. As long as you give me ads for products and things that I like so that I can turn around and buy them. Oh, and by the way, 
every so often some of my private information might get siphoned out as you work on some other venture behind the scenes, eh, go ahead, have at it. For me, I had to stop and think, nah, it's not worth it for me. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up this inaugural episode of Voluntary Input. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Uh, I hope you stay tuned because I do have some uh, better episodes lined up that are coming down the pike. I have some uh, uh, special guests coming. So, yeah, you don't have to sit here and just listen to me ramble on and on and on by myself. So I would hope that uh, you would please stay tuned and come back. And uh, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Thanks a lot, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks a lot, guys, for joining me for the inaugural episode of Voluntary Input. Again, my name is Leo Allen. You can find me at leojallenjr.com. And while you're there, check on the left side of there. There's a contact selection where you can uh, shoot me an email. Reach out to me about uh, show ideas, suggestions, comments, and questions. Uh, whatever you want to say. Or even just to say hello. And hey, check back and please subscribe because I do have some exciting episodes coming up. Got some special guests coming and some special topics. Again, thanks a lot for joining me on Voluntary Input. Never forced, never coerced.